You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Bill Maher taking a hard right political turn and criticizing the LGBT community. Greg Locke's son, Hudson Taylor, delivering a terrible sermon. This is nepotism right here. Far-right political figure Nick Adams is absolutely absurd ideology. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. And one more thing I wanted to mention, if you want some ad-free content and you want early releases, you can sign up for my Patreon or you can just go to my website, owenmorgan.com. There are some videos uploaded to my website right now that won't release for another three weeks. Along the side, you can just click the week that you want to look at. It'll show you the videos that are uploaded for that week. You can subscribe to the RSS feed. You can subscribe to my email list where people will get uncensored, some ad-free, complete content every single week. I would appreciate it if you signed up there or just check my website every now and then every day usually i'm uploading something there there are some links in the top also you have access to my entire clips library every clip i've ever covered on my entire youtube channel is up there you can also check my release schedule from there i have a big list of any time or day that a video is going to release so check it out it's pretty interesting stuff website is owenmorgan.com it's ultra maga that's what we prefer this is Lauren Boebert getting into it with Jamie Raskin. Um, as you could hear there, she prefers the term ultra MAGA rather than MAGA, which, by the way, is the name that was designated to Trump supporters who consider themselves domestic terrorists. That's the domestic terrorist wing of the MAGA movement. So I'm kind of surprised she's embracing that term, but okay. I guess if you want to be a domestic terrorist, so be it. She actually, let me give you the context behind this argument. She got into it with Jamie Raskin over pronunciation of the term Democrat or Democratic. I actually learned about this not too long ago. I feel like it's a little bit pedantic, but to be grammatically correct, actually, the name of the party is the Democratic Party, not the Democrat Party. They'd be like calling it the Republic Party rather than the Republican Party, apparently. So Jamie Raskin basically just said, you know, technically it's the Democratic Party, not the Democrat Party. And she decided to correct him with that. Listen to uh, what she had to say here. You know, we are addressed as MAGA extremists, extreme MAGA Republicans. And I would like to make um, just a clarification point. It's ultra MAGA. That's what we prefer. Yeah. Again, that's the terrorist wing of the MAGA movement. I can't believe she decided to identify that way. Check out what uh, Raskin had to say in response. By the way, she took the opportunity to raise the whole question of MAGA, which I had not mentioned, and she said, and when you call me MAGA, don't call me MAGA, call me ultra MAGA. So when the minority leader referred to the extreme MAGA element, which appears to be driving the train over there, he should have called it the ultra MAGA element out of deference to the general lady from Colorado, and I certainly will be able to honor her wishes in the future as she chooses to be described as ultra mega. That's funny, man. That honestly, that seems like a win to me, a political win. 
Ultra MAGA is the extremist wing, and Bobert decided to take the mantle on her own shoulders. Why? You got me. Well, anyway, the reason that I'm talking about this right now is because I got a voicemail about it. Let's listen and see what they had to say. Hello, Owen. This is Ron of Tennessee again. And um, I was watching Lauren Barber give her little speech at the house. And um, I've always been wondering what could be a good acronym for MEGA. And I finally realized um, from watching her, the mad, absurd, goofy Americans. Mad, absurd, goofy Americans, MAGA. Yeah, that checks out. Ultra, mad, absurd, goofy Americans. Now, remember, uh, so I told it to you first now, so if somebody wants to use it, you know, get my evidence. But um, thank you. You heard it from Ron first. Very much. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the phone call. It was pretty interesting. Honestly, I just can't. She's an absurd human being. She's a deeply terrible person, too. Like, there are clips in my clip archive of her that are just depraved, dude. Tell me which video is worse from Lauren Bobert. Is it this video? Uh, maybe we need to have some sort of legislation that requires constitutional life and biblical citizenship training in our schools. Uh, and, and that's how we get things turned around. Is it the biblical citizenship tests that she wants to institute is that video worse or is it this video where she talks about ilhan omar this one is this is deep lore this is from november late november 2021 going back to my office and we get in the elevator and i see a capitol police officer running hurriedly to the elevator i see fret all over his face and he's reaching and i'm like what i can't the door's shutting like i can't i can't open it like, what's happening? I look to my left, and there she is, Ilhan Omar. Oops. And I said, well, she doesn't have a backpack. We should be fine. Which one is worse? Tell me in the comments which one is worse, the one where she pretends that all Muslims are terrorists or the one where she admits to being a terrorist or the one where she says she wants everybody else to be terrorists by taking biblical citizenship tests and forcing people to, to pass them or not be citizens of the United States, I guess. Tell me what you think is worse. Hey, Owen, this is Jeremy from Utah. Been listening for a while and a question popped in my head. Why are cult leaders such dirtbags? I don't mean alleged crimes. I mean verifiable proof of their awfulness. And a second question on top of that, why do their followers so adamantly defend the cult leader and ignore the proof positive evidence of their corruption. Thanks for taking my call. Have a great day. Interesting question. Let me tell you why cult leaders tend to be such dirtbags. It's the same reason why politicians tend to be dirtbags. There's a lot of power that comes along with controlling a group of people the way that politicians and cult leaders do. There's a lot of power that comes along with it. A lot of power, a lot of influence, a lot of money that's available to anybody who's willing to do it. But you have to use unethical practices to be a cult leader, right? Like think about how, for example, Andrew Tate got all of his money. Think about if this is something that you personally, you would be willing to do. He manipulates innocent, unsuspecting women into becoming his girlfriend 
through the lover boy method, he convinces them to do some basic cam modeling stuff. You can do it with your clothes on. All you have to do is just flirt with people on a camera and nobody will touch you. Nobody will see you naked or any of that stuff. It's no big deal. And we'll both make money together. It's because we love each other that we get to do this and make money for each other, right? Little bit of time passes and he pushes you to maybe take some of your clothes off for this client that's asking. He says he's going to give you $1,000 if you do this, right? He pushes you into doing these things, breaking down your boundaries. And you're doing it because you love him, because you care for him, because you want to help him. Would you do something like that? That is how Andrew Tate took advantage of people around him to get rich. That's human trafficking, what he did. Now, cults basically do that exact same thing, religious cults, same in every way, practically, except it's legal because it's protected by religious belief. Religions and cults are the only sector of society where unethical scumbags can take advantage of people legally and not go to jail for it most of the time. You have to try really, really hard to break enough laws that they'll put you in jail for your religious beliefs. And if they do end up convicting you of crimes that you did against your congregation, you know you have that shield of religious liberty to protect you in the end. Not only is it a draw for people to have that kind of power and authority over other people and influence and money that comes along with it, but it's also a shield from liability. It's a protection from being prosecuted. So the reason that cult leaders are dirtbags is because religion is uniquely protected from prosecution, and scumbags know that, and they use it to their advantage, generally speaking. That's why, in my opinion. The things that cults do to people would be illegal in any other context, and you have to do some really messed up stuff to people if you want to be a cult leader, if you want to make any money with it. Like, look at what Kenneth Copeland does for a living. He convinces people that it's a religious obligation to give him their money. Every penny of it. Every penny. Like this guy telling the story about taking every penny that this woman had. So he's telling a story about a woman who lived in a mental institution and didn't have a penny to her name and didn't have food for the, the following week, right? She had $78.35 in her wallet, and she needed it for food. And she couldn't, she didn't have a car. She didn't have anything. And she says, I need some money. She came to the church and asked this guy for money. This is a Kenneth Copeland affiliate, by the way, a fellow prosperity preacher. And I had just taught on this passage of scripture that I shared with you. So I said, what do you have? And she made the connection. She knew what I was going to do. So she went and got her purse, and she had a little coin purse, and she counted it out, and it was something like $78.35, something like that. And I said, give it to me. And she said, all of it? And I said, all of it. And I took my hands like this, and I took every penny that that woman had. She said that she wasn't going to get paid for a week, and she didn't have groceries. And I said, give me all of it. Now, this story he's telling, it ends with him saying, she miraculously received a car the next week from somebody who was uninvolved in the situation, as if a, a car is going to feed her. 
But that's neither here nor there. The point is that these people have to do unethical, disgusting, immoral things to get rich. Stuff that you wouldn't do because it's immoral and grotesque. You know, I could be rich tomorrow. It would be that quick. I have a route to do it tomorrow. All I would have to do is start selling supplements. I get emails from supplement companies every single week asking me to sell their diet pills and their whatever other garbage they have to sell. Their, you know, toxic cleanse something or other. You know how much they want to pay me? They're willing to pay me $1,500 per video. I could release one sponsored ad for them, $1,500, eight times per month on my main channel. $1,500, eight times per month. This $12,000 per month. $12,000 a month. Not a year, a month that I could make if I responded to these emails about supplements they want me to sell. I have a route to be rich now. But people like us won't do that shit because it's unethical and disgusting and wrong. The people in positions of authority like Andrew Womack and, hell, uh, Jim Jones, Marshall Applewhite from Heaven's Gate, the Heaven's Gate cult, and, and even Andrew Tate, they were willing to do these unethical things. They were willing to manipulate people, to take advantage of them, to twist things around and take money from them and convince the people in their lives to do something that was detrimental to them but helpful to the, pers to the, the leader, the cult leader. They were willing to sell out their morals if they ever had any so that they could get rich. That's why they're in those positions of authority. That's why they're there. Because they realize that they can make money this way, and they see that route, and they know no one else is going to take it except for the immoral. That's why cult leaders are dirtbags. That's why televangelists are dirtbags. Anyway, thank you for the, uh, the, the voicemail. You know, it, there's another thing I could do to get rich tomorrow. It, it isn't just selling supplements. I could come out as Christian tomorrow. I mean, young earth creationist. If I came out as a young earth creationist tomorrow, released a video about it, and said atheists are wrong and all this other stuff, I would be filthy rich. Do you know how many people would parade me around on their shoulders? Kent Hovind, Ray Comfort, Kirk Cameron. Hell, I might get to even meet Donald Trump. All the while doing a right-wing media tour and making massive amounts of money. I could be rich tomorrow, not just through sponsorships, but by taking advantage of the right-wing echo chamber. Instantly, I would be filthy rich. I would get obscene amounts of donations from right-wing nutcases who want to help my cause and love what I'm doing for America and view me as a real patriot and all of that shit. But I can't because it goes against my moral values. It's simply disgusting to do something like that. I could not possibly force myself to do something that morally depraved. But Andrew Womack can. Kenneth Copeland can. Andrew Tate can. 
Jim Jones can. That's why they're in those positions in the first place, because they were willing to do those deeply immoral, disgusting things when no one else was. By the way, I have a website. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. My videos release way, way early on my website. In fact, there are videos like up here right now that won't release for like three weeks. So if you guys want to check out my website, you know, get early access to my content. Some of it is ad free. Some of it is unedited, uncensored, complete. Uh, so you can check that out. While you're there, just hit the contact me button in the top right corner there. It'll take you to this page. You can send me a message. And I wanted to read a message, as a matter of fact, from some of the people that contacted me. Here's a question from Curtis. Could the governing body know that the individual was going to step down? That's why they brought in new members to fill the position. I'm not familiar with JW, so this is just a guess. Yeah, let me fill you in on some of the context here. So a governing body member, Jehovah's Witnesses, stepped down not too long ago. Or, I'm sorry, didn't step down. Was fired, presumably. Honestly, we have very little information about why he's no longer a governing body member. But nobody seems to think that it was willing. Because this has only ever really happened a total of maybe twice before this event. I think the last one was in like 1980 or something. I'm talking 50 years ago, dude. This has been a long time ago, right? So this governing body member, Tony Morris, the new one that was just removed from the governing body, it was really interesting timing because another governing body or two other governing body members were added to the governing body, which is you know, it kind of throws a wrench into their whole belief system because they think the end is going to be here within the next 20 years. If the end isn't here within the next 20 years, the whole religion is going to have to rework their entire belief system. Their whole foundation is built upon the idea that the end is going to come within the generation that was alive to see the events that took place in 1914. It's a complicated thing. But the fact that they added two governing body members not that long ago was really interesting timing, to say the least. So the listener says, could the governing body know that Tony Morris, the guy that was kicked off, was going to step down? That's why they brought in new members to fill the position. That's a good question. It's so hard to know for sure exactly what happened. It is so easy to speculate. The, apparently, the governing body makes decisions on a two-third majority. So any major decisions they make, two-thirds of them have to vote on it, basically. Well, previously, there were eight governing body members. By adding two new ones, there were ten. And then Tony Morris was removed from the governing body. So there is a you know a speculative conspiracy theory floating around that maybe they added those two new governing body members so that they could have enough votes to remove Tony Morris because he wasn't going to go willingly and he had powerful backers. I mean, who knows? It's so interesting to speculate, though, but it's important to know that it is all speculation. I got a little bit of an adversarial voicemail or um, contact from somebody. I get email. Got an adversarial email from somebody I wanted to read to try to set the record straight. So here's the email. Let me read it to you. It's from Elizabeth. Hello. I really enjoy your content. However, you recently made a comment that was both harmful and expressed a stereotype. Okay, that's something I definitely don't want to do. 
I tried to address it in the comments, but I'm not sure if it was erased or if I just can't remember which video I commented on. In that video, I don't erase comments unless they have links or unless it's blatant straight propaganda and I don't have the time to debunk it. So I, it has not been erased. In that video, you stated that letting people out of institutions should be illegal. I did not state that. That was in a live stream, I think. And I don't believe that people should not be allowed out of institutions. I don't know how anybody could come to the conclusion that I would believe something like that. What I actually said was, it should be illegal to allow somebody a day pass to exit an institution to go to somewhere predatory like a televangelist's church. I was actually talking about Andrew Womack. He was telling a story about a woman leaving an institution, getting a day pass, to go to his prosperity gospel church where he took her very last penny. That is very obviously predatory. And that is what you can expect from evangelicals and prosperity gospel preachers like Andrew Womack. It should be illegal to allow somebody who is dealing with a, a mental condition, i.e. the most vulnerable among us and most susceptible to emotional manipulation. It should be illegal for anybody to allow them out of a mental institution, which obviously they're in their most vulnerable state in that moment, to go to a predator like this guy. That's what I actually said. Of course, I don't think that people should not be allowed out of institutions. I would never say something like that. I certainly don't believe something like that. That comment is both harmful and erroneous. I believe you said it out of ignorance rather than bigotry. To explain, there are various types and levels of care. Yes, there are facilities where the doors are locked and the patients are not allowed out. But there are also places where the doors are open. So long as you comply with treatment, you are free to come and go. I've been in a locked unit before. Okay, I, I think that the story that this guy was telling was probably completely fabricated. But in his fabricated story... This person was allowed a day pass to exit the facility. I've been in a locked unit before, but I now have a facility where I can come and go within reason. The stereotypes around the mentally ill are so detrimental to treatment. The goal of all treatment is to get the lowest level uh, is to get to the lowest level of care. I enjoy your content. I just wanted it I just wanted to inform. I appreciate that. Yes. I have a degree in substance abuse counseling, so I have dealt with addiction and mental health my entire life. I've dealt with it personally, and I've dealt with it, you know, with other people too. So I totally understand, but that is not what I believe. I just want to put that clearly on record. Oh, and listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene, me. Do we have to, <laughs> right? Exactly. Oh, dude, she is crazy. Especially this video. I've never actually played this clip from Marjorie Taylor Greene before. This came out late May 2021. And she said some absolutely unhinged stuff. She actually, what would you call it, prophesied or predicted or I don't know what you'd call it, but it was wrong. Listen to this. Be required to have something called a COVID passport. And this, this would mandate your ability to be able to travel, your ability to be able to go to events, your ability to be able to buy and sell. Of course, this never happened. There was never any COVID passport or anything like that. Now, there were some vaccine cards, 
that you had to show if you wanted to enter private establishments. You couldn't dine in for dine-in restaurants, but you could eat outside if you wanted. At no point ever were you banned from going to grocery stores or buying and selling or any of that other garbage, like she's saying. It's completely made up, all of it. Question earlier today, is this something like Biden's mark of the beast? Because that is really disturbing and um, not good. Oh, if you're going to come into the football game or the baseball game or the concert, you need your vaccine passport because we're trying to do a good job to keep everyone safe. It's a vaccine card. And yeah, you needed a vaccine card for a short time because private businesses requested it. Now, if you want to watch that football game on the TV, feel free. But you're putting other people's lives at risk. This is how it works. This is how it's always worked. Since vaccines were invented, people were required to get vaccines or stay home or be careful or wear masks or whatever other thing. There were a billion requirements during the Spanish flu era. This is what the Biden administration is trying to talk to these private companies into doing. Well, let's analyze that. You see, it's... Wait, what's she talking about? Biden's... Did Biden ever try to talk companies into why would Biden try to talk companies into doing everything or anything? Couldn't he just pass a law that makes it so that you're required to show your vaccine card? When did he try to talk any companies into doing this? Still the same thing. It's still fascism or communism, whatever you want to call it. But it's in it's coming from private companies. So I have a term for that. I call it corporate communism. This is ridiculous on levels that she doesn't even understand. Anyway, that's uh, that's Marjorie Taylor Greene. God, she's terrible. Next, we're going to talk about Bill Maher taking a hard right political turn and criticizing the LGBT community. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. I, I mean, I think the trans community is asking for too much. Um, again, the difference between liberal and woke. This is Bill Maher. If you're unfamiliar, you've been living under a rock. The dude has been a liberal bastion for decades and decades. He's been on the left since forever, and he's always had a TV show of some sort promoting, you know, kind of left-wing values since like the mid to late 90s, I think. But he's always had a couple of weird little right-wing positions. And it feels like in recent years, those right-wing positions have kind of become a wedge that pushed him over further and further to the right. Apparently, one of those issues that, that pushed him to the right was wokeism, quote-unquote. He did an interview with, I think, who is this? I forget who this guy is on the right. Oh, God, what's his name? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Chris something or something. Or, well, anyway, he's a reporter for CNN. It, it went downhill quickly. Seriously. Listen to what Bill Maher had to say in this interview with this Chris something or other guy, whatever his name is. Jake Tapper. Okay, I was close with Chris something, right? I was close. Yeah, Jake Tapper. Thank you so much, guys, for telling me what that was. Okay, let's, let's listen again. Uh, this is early March 2023, by the by, when this came out. Proud to, to be there. So, you know, I hear a lot about comedians being afraid to perform in the new environment. But by the same token, I mean, I see Dave Chappelle still doing very well. Yeah. So this is a counter to Bill Maher's claims and beliefs. 
Bill Maher, as you'll hear in a second, seems to believe that wokeism has gone too far. They're canceling comedians. You can't be funny anymore. When in reality, one of the main people who has openly come out against, like straight up said, I am a turf. I do not like trans people. I do not want them to be a part of any movement that I'm a part of. That's basically what Dave Chappelle said. He came out and said he was a turf. Even somebody that comes out and says that blatantly and openly isn't really canceled. He's doing fine. Well, even. He's flourishing, if you will. This is a direct contradiction to what Bill Maher believes. He thinks wokeism has gone too far and controls everything and everybody. That's obvious nonsense. How do you square that with what Jake Tapper just said? Keep listening to what he says in response to this. By the same token, I mean, I see Dave Chappelle still doing very well. Yeah. There's one thing I, I wanted to get your reaction to something, because obviously Chappelle has been criticized a lot because of his um, making fun of transgender, the transgender community. This is what David Cross says. And he's a, David Cross is a pretty edgy comedian. Yes, and, great, and, great and comedian. He says, this is... Did you notice what uh, Jake Tapper said just now? He said, for making fun of transgender the transgender community. He framed it in such a way that that phrase would be appealing to both the left and the right. This is really interesting. I saw Jeb Bush do this a lot during the 2016 election too. He would say a word that appealed to the left or appealed to the side that he he didn't really support. And then he would correct himself and say something that isn't really fully offensive to the other side but would definitely dog whistle to the other side to try to pull all groups in. So Bill Maher is obviously opposed to the transgenders, right? Quote, unquote. So Jake Tapper comes in and he says this. Making fun of transgender, the transgender community. He says making fun of transgender. Saying making fun of transgender this way would be appealing to somebody on the right. And then correcting himself and saying, the transgender community, which is not offensive, really. He's drawing in both sides and giving himself a uh, an air of neutrality to some degree. Again, I saw Jeb Bush do this, and I saw a bunch of other right-wingers that were trying to kind of appear as like a moderate, centrist, reasonable person. Who's that one guy that came from uh, Ohio in the 2016 election, but he totally was not a moderate at all. He just wanted everyone to think he was. He did this kind of thing a lot, too. It's a rhetorical trick that gives people around you the sense that you're a centrist. Anyway, I just wanted to point out the rhetorical trick he's using. Keep listening here. Um, making fun of transgender, the transgender community. This is what David Cross says. And he's a, David Cross is a pretty edgy comedian. Yes, and, great, great comedian. He says... I don't know who David Cross is, but, you know, one of these people says he's edgy and the other says he's great. So, OK, this is he's, talk, he's not talking about you, certainly. And he's not even talking. John Kasich. Thank you so much, John Kasich. Yeah, he used that exact same rhetorical strategy. Somebody in the chat told me you, certainly. And he's not even talking about Chappelle necessarily in the quote. But he's talking about people who make the kind of jokes making fun of transgender. He said, you're positioning yourself as this bullshit voice of. They're not going to cancel me. You can't silence me. For what? Your dumb joke about trans people? Who gives a shit? I mean, is it that important to you? Just move on and not hurt hundreds of thousands of people. It's a choice people make. 
Yeah, that's a, an interesting point. It's a choice people make. Why don't you, you know, you got a stupid joke you want to tell about the trans community. Honestly, Dave Chappelle's jokes about the trans community were hilarious. I thought they were really, really funny. Dave Chappelle had some real zingers. Honestly, I'm, I'm dead serious. Dude had some hilarious jokes, okay, about the trans community. What I didn't like about Dave Chappelle's set is when he looked in the camera and he said, I'm not joking anymore. I'm a turf. I don't want the trans community to be a part of any activism that I'm a part of. The, the, the part that he stopped joking, that's the part I had a problem with specifically. The point is, you can make jokes about the trans community. That's perfectly fine. Make them tasteful. Don't attack somebody for an intrinsic quality about them. People make. I thought that was an interesting quote. What, what, what you, I mean, I guess the larger criticism of Chappelle from people like David Cross is he's punching down, not like what Carlin did punching up. What do you think? I don't really agree. I, I mean, I think the trans community is asking for too much. Um, again what does he think the trans community is asking for? I don't understand. Um, again, the difference between liberal and woke. Uh, liberals are people who I think would say, uh, I certainly would, uh, trans is, of course, a real thing. You know, some people are just, you know, I don't they probably don't like this terminology, but born in the wrong body, whatever. The, the Who is they? Who has a problem with this terminology? Who is he talking about? I don't understand. The, 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 <laughs> the equipment doesn't match how you feel. What's wrong with this? I don't understand. Who does he think is going to hate him for the sentence that he just said? Absolutely. And it's great we live in a time where people like that can freely live the lives they should live with all the dignity and protection of the law that we can afford them. Like Great. We agree then. Perfect. We're all on the same page. That's exactly what everybody wants, right? Or, well, that's what the left wants, what, what they want, as he would categorize them. You know, everyone should be afforded the protection of the law and should be given dignity and respect by the people around them and all of that other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We all agree then, right? You know, for the purpose of this interaction here, for the purpose of this video, I'm going to label myself as they, okay? I'm going to take on the, the characterization of they because he's talking about the radical left, the people who are to the left of hunting the homeless for sport, or in this case, the trans community for sport, right? So I guess I would categorize myself that way the law that we can afford them like anybody else in society i think that's the liberal point of view the woke point of view is something very different like um well babies are born now and just jump ball we don't know what they are uh okay who's saying that who at any point ever has ever said that can you give me a single example who is pushing for babies to not be identified by their sex at birth? What? What kind of a fantasy land does he live in? Uh, congratulations, you have a boy. Well, let's not be hasty. This is not happening. Uh, there's a penis that could be an indication of a male, but it's, it's really, uh, we'll find out later, and we can always get rid of it. And he this is a fantasy land that he lives in. Seriously, this is not happening. It's not wrong to have this discussion. This is some, something that's very new. Yeah. It's not to shut, the, to shut down debate with these words like phobia, 
you're phobic and you hate. We don't hate. There's no hate. It's not phobic. We're not afraid. We're just discussing something very new that involves children and what these inter. That's the thing, though. It's not very new. It's exactly the same as it's ever been. But there's this massive trans panic sweeping across the country right now that's getting genuinely disturbing. I mean, it's going off the fucking rails at the moment. Seriously. You know, at this year's CPAC event, I just want to put this on record. Anybody watching five years in the future will know where we're at right now in history. Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire, a Daily Wire host, attended CPAC and held a speech there. And he said he wants to exterminate the trans community. His word, not mine. Exterminate. That's where we are. Matt Walsh, another Daily Wire host. The Daily Wire, by the way, is, what, is it the biggest social media network in existence right now? Or it was the highest clicked or the highest subscribed social media network on Facebook or something like that. It's, it's pretty big, real big. I mean, they've spoken in front of Congress. They hold events. They've spoken at CPAC, Conservative Political Action Conference and a bunch of different stuff. Matt Walsh, another Daily Wire host, recently said, if you're disturbed by the things I say about the trans community, you would be really disturbed by the things I don't say about them, by the things I think about them. This is reaching a fever pitch, a disturbing fever pitch right now. This is reaching satanic panic levels of extremism and radicalism and cognitive dissonance. This is, we are right in the middle of a trans panic right now. And this too shall pass. Without a doubt, the trans panic will come to an end eventually, just like the satanic panic did. But how many people are going to come out on the other side further right than they started, like Bill Maher? And how many aren't going to come out the other side at all? That's my concern with this. Anyway, keep listening to what Bill Maher said here new that involves children and what these interventions you're making have repercussions for the entire rest of their lives and they're about their health which i think should come first so yeah so everything he said there is completely made up children are not transitioning almost none and they aren't getting surgeries unless they've lived as a trans person for years and years and years and even then it's not children Technically, maybe they're minors. We're talking between the ages of 16 and 18, by and large. And is it even legal to give children, or minors at least, is it legal to give minors surgeries? I don't think it is. To my knowledge, it's not legal to do that anyways. Never has been. Like, this trans panic is completely out of control right now. Really. I think if a trans activist were here right now, they might say... We're not afraid of having discussions and debate. No, totally. I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. But you're talking about these issues at a time when states like Idaho and Florida and others are talking about banning these procedures, regardless of what the kid and the parents and the doctor want. Or hell, banning the procedure entirely. It's, there have been bills passed, I think by Idaho, who we just mentioned. Idaho passed a bill or attempted to pass a bill or something like that recently that bans being trans at all. You're not allowed to get transition surgeries or whatever. I should probably look that up. You know what? 
when this is edited, I will post a resource and there will be a little text box explaining this at the bottom. So, you know, if you're listening, then go to the main video on YouTube and, you, and it'll explain it. Anyways, this is happening. This is real. This isn't just, you know, this is happening to kids and they're trying to put a stop to it or whatever. No, they're, they are literally talking about, quote unquote, exterminating. Okay? Exterminating the trans community. That's where we're at right now. Than the parents and the doctor want. Well, that's and a back- that, And that that's like a bigger issue than the term pregnant people. Well, that's probably a backlash that went too far. Oh, a backlash that went too far, huh? Wow, I guess we found something that he considers to be wrong. But you notice the things that he talks about the most? Is he talking about the backlash that went too far? Is he doing interviews with Jake Tapper to talk about how far Idaho is going and Tennessee and Florida and all these other states that are directly harming the trans community? No, he came on here to talk about how far the trans community is going. They're going too far. Okay, sure, yeah, I guess Idaho went a little too far. But I'm really here to talk about wokeists, wokeism, and the transgenders. That's really what this is about. That's what this interview is for. He doesn't give a shit about Idaho or Florida or Tennessee or any of the others or how far they're going to eradicate the trans community. He cares about the misapprehension or the false belief that the trans community is upset with people for labeling their baby with a sex. Like, this guy lives in a fantasy land, and this is a direct result of being propagandized to. This is what propaganda does to people. There's nothing in this dude's head but propaganda at this point. But I'm so, yeah. yeah, I think that, it, to, to completely ban it. But I also, I also don't agree with what you just said. They absolutely do want to shut down debate. Who is they? Okay, it's me. I guess I'm they for the sake of this conversation. No, I don't. Nobody wants to shut down debate, okay? Here's something kind of interesting. I was on the Twit the other day. I don't really get on there very often. It's every now and then. Okay, somebody made a joke. Well, <laughs> I feel bad now because I... Oh, they deleted the tweet. All right, here's the thing. Um, I, Somebody said something that got under my skin, and I kind of shredded them on Twitter, and they were making a joke. This is why it's so, so, so important that I not lose my cool in any, you know, social media situations because my words have the power to build or to crush. And if I jump the gun and say something rude to somebody, you know, it's not like some other person saying something rude to somebody. It it, it has a, a deeper effect. So this person basically said, I'm not going to show their username because I don't want to like send harassment or hate to them or anything, obviously. But I made a joke, fellas, when you use a bathroom, are you a balls outside the boxers or inside the boxers kind of person? And results speak for themselves. It, it's an even split between outside, inside, or I prefer to sit. But somebody posted a tweet basically saying trans people are going to get upset with you for asking this question. And I just kind of lost it because if you notice... There's literally nobody in this entire comment thread here, nowhere, that's yelling at me for phrasing things this way. The, the joke that was made by this person basically said, the trans people are going to come after you for assuming that only fellas have balls. Nobody cares. Okay, nobody cares. The trans people in this group, if they identify as fellas, 
may or may not have balls. Simple as that. And then they don't have to answer the question or they can't answer it. Whatever. It's a Twitter poll. Nobody cares is the point. People getting worked up over absolutely nothing. Assuming that things are going to fall apart at the drop of a hat because they've been so propagandized. The point is there is no group of trans people out there that are absolutely losing their minds over this stuff. This is a fabricated problem that only exists in Bill Maher's head and the heads of Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and Jim Jordan and all of the other, you know, right wing political figures. And they are transferring that delusion into the heads of their listeners and followers. That's why we have to talk about this, man. Anyways, check this clip out from Bill Maher. He's been on a tirade, okay? This is not the first video that he did about this. He's been talking about this for a while. This one is from late February 2023. Give this a listen. Communists thought selfishness, selfishness, could be cast out of human nature. Russian revolutionaries spoke of the new Soviet man who wasn't motivated by self-interest, but instead wanted to be part of a collective. No, it turns out he wanted to be on a yacht in a Gucci tracksuit holding a vodka and a prostitute. Point he's making is that capitalism is better, I guess, right? Okay, I guess that's an opinion. Keep listening. Not standing in line all day for a potato. The problem with communism and with some very recent ideologies here at home. So he's subtly conflating, quote unquote, wokeism with communism. He's conflating being in support of the trans community with being a Soviet communist, somebody that supported Stalin or Russian communist, which is very different from socialism or traditional communism. But OK, let's keep listening is that they think you can change reality by screaming at it. Lincoln once said that you can repeal all past history, but you still cannot repeal human nature. But he's canceled now, so fuck him. No. This is a another example of complete BS. Lincoln, there's this whole thing spreading around about Abraham Lincoln's statue being taken down and all this other stuff. Lincoln's statues have not been taken down. Yeah, there was one example of a Lincoln statue that was taken down, not because it's Abraham Lincoln, be, but because he was standing over top of a slave or something in a really weird way. It was a weird statue, and it was time to take it down. Put up another statue of Lincoln, a different one that's not so, like, gross and odd, and everything would have been fine. This is an example of cherry-picking. He looks for any niche example of something happening that he thinks isn't right, and then he claims that it's happening all over the place. Lincoln's not canceled, never was. Never will be canceled, more than likely. Uh, who knows, maybe he will be one day, but that day's not today. People don't have a problem with Lincoln, but he's convinced they do, because he lives in another reality, the same reality that conservatives seem to live in right now. Yesterday, I asked ChatGPT, are there any similarities between today's woke revolution and Chairman Mao's cultural revolution of the 1960s? And it wrote back, how long do you have? What woke revolution? That's the problem. There is no woke revolution. You can't even define it.
Ron DeSantis was forced to define woke recently because he tried to ban wokeism or something, ban woke books from schools or something like that. And it was taken to court and the judge said, you have to define woke. So what definition did he come back with? The definition he gave is the claim that there are systemic injustices against marginalized communities, something like that. That's just factually true. There are systemic injustices against marginalized communities. And Bill Maher at least used to know that, used to accept it as the fact that it is. And here we sit now with him using buzzwords that mean nothing and claiming that there's some kind of a bizarre cultural revolution happening, the likes of which are indefinable, apparently. Because, again, in China, we saw how a revolutionary thought he could do a page one rewrite of humans. Here's a cute example from a couple of years ago. The banjo player <laughs> from Mumford & Sons tweeted that he liked a book, a book that apparently had not been approved by the revolution. Okay, let's talk about it. What is this book? This is Unmasked by Andy No, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Let me let you in on a little secret about Antifa. It's not an organized group. It's not, uh, there is no radical plan to destroy anything, okay? Nothing, physical or otherwise. Antifa is an idea, not a group. There aren't Antifa meetings where people, Antifa members, get together and plan insurrection or whatever. Not for nothing, there are those groups with, uh, you know, Trump supporters, but th this doesn't exist within Antifa. You know what Antifa really is? It's people that are opposed to fascism. That's it. That is literally it. If you are opposed to the idea of fascism, you are Antifa. That's simple. I mean, Trump came out and claimed that Antifa was trying to, blah, 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 whatever it is he claimed, trying to ruin everything and hurt people and blah, blah, blah. So he had the FBI actually investigate this. And they came out and said, this is Chris Ray, Republican director of the FBI, appointed by Donald Trump about Antifa. He said, Antifa is an ideology, not an organization. Delivering testimony that puts him at odds with Donald Trump who has said that he would designate it a terror group. Donald Trump's FBI director, Republican FBI director, the guy he appointed, said that it's an ideology, not an organization. And we have a guy named Andy No here in this book that Bill Maher was talking about, Unmasked by Andy No. Andy No is a, f a famous far-right provocateur that sets things up in such a way that it makes it look as though Antifa is this big evil group that has it out for everybody. This is from the Southern Poverty Law Center website about Andy No. Critics of No's 2021 book, Unmasked, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy, this is the book Marr was talking about, note his attempts to downplay the fascist and far-right political ideology of the groups with whom Antifa clashes at street protests. Critics also decry his dishonest portrayals of the threat Antifa poses. Now, these are actually weasel words that uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center is using here. Critics of is a, is a weasel word. It's a weasel term. You're not, uh, they should get specific. So let's get specific with this. Southern Poverty Law Center is that critic. 
at the very least. There are certainly others, but let's just call them the critic here because that's good enough. No employed this narrative at the event. He showed photos of Adam Kelly, a man whom Gage Halupowski attacked with a baton at a at a raucous June 2019 protest in Portland. The photos show Kelly bleeding from head wounds. Rose City Antifa documented Kelly's links to the hard right and anti-government groups, including a leadership position in the Oregon State Militia. Kelly and his militia organized with the Proud Boys, one of the largest far-right extremist groups in the U.S., for events in the Pacific Northwest. The activists also documented Kelly's closeness with associates of far-right group Patriot Prayer. That's interesting, huh? So, Andy No claims that Antifa is violent and evil and trying to destroy things, right? And as proof, he produces images of this guy, Adam Kelly, who is beaten and attacked and all of this stuff. And it just so happens that this guy has close links with far-right extremist groups. A report in Portland Mercury, a bi-weekly alternative paper in Portland, claimed no joint Patriot prayer meetings without filming. The report claimed no turned on his camera only when Antifa appeared, hoping to catch altercations. No denied this after the story's publication and threatened legal action. Uh, no has also doxed people openly, spread their names, addresses, phone numbers, and stuff around. That's not fantastic. No did not mention Kelly's ties to extremist groups during his speech. He said Halupowski's conviction and sentence of nearly six years as one of very few left-wing activists convicted of violent crimes and suggested there's more left-wing violence than right-wing violence if killings are omitted. Statistics show far-right extremists are responsible for the overwhelming majority of all political violence in the U.S., including the recent attack at a Buffalo, New York grocery store that's been linked to a white supremacist document that is circulated online. So the point is, Andy No is beyond just a right-winger. He's not just a right-winger. That's not even fair. He is a far-right extremist who doctors evidence, lies, and doxes people. And Antifa isn't a group. There is no Antifa plan to do anything. It's an ideology. End fascism. That's it. So the idea that anybody, you know, singer of my favorite band or, or banjo player, guitar player, I don't care who it is. Somebody from Tool comes out and says... You know, they love Andy No. I'm I'm fucking done with them. I'm not listening to Tool again because I don't want to be associated with that shit. That is terrible. Andy No, it doesn't get worse than this dude. Complete scumbag who's willing to lie and cheat and doctor evidence to get his way. So yeah, I get it. Bill Maher doesn't understand that? Really? tweeted that he liked a book, a book that apparently had not been approved by the revolution. So, of course, he had to delete the tweet. Then, Like, you can read anything you want. I, matter of fact, I'd be willing to read this book myself. Hell, I considered reading Mein Kampf. I don't have a problem with anybody reading anything at all, ever. But when you endorse ideas that are simply disgusting, you're going to get pushback. That's what it is. Bill Maher is trying to frame this like it's some attack on books because he knows that plays to the left and the right. I mean, the right pretends to care about books at the very least. They very obviously don't. But the left certainly cares about not banning books, so he thought this would play to it. This is complete nonsense. And it's propaganda. It's a good example of propaganda, actually. This is about the fact 
that this guy endorsed a scumbag who doxes and lies and cheats. This isn't about the book. You delete the tweet, then take time away from the band. Oh my God, you mean this could have affected Mumford and Sons? <laughs> and then the cringing apology, I have come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. Pain from a book? No, pain from endorsing Andy No, a lying, cheating, doxing, far-right extremist. I don't care what book you read. It's irrelevant. Read any book, literally any book, and I'm perfectly fine with it. When you start endorsing simply disgusting ideas, you can expect pushback. That's just what it is. Unless he hit the drummer over the head with it. <laughs> what happened to I can read whatever the fuck I want? You can. Perfectly free to read anything you want. Endorsing those ideas is wrong. Like, you guys may not even realize how close the similarities and parallels and ties are to what's happening on the far right with Nazi Germany. Really. I study this stuff for a living, literally 70 hours a week. I'm neck deep in right-wing extremism and... You know, Andy knows books and stuff like that. You would be blown away if you knew the links there are between the Nazi party and Andy knows ideas that he espouses in that book. The right is so close to the Republican Party right now. It's fucking disturbing. So, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm not going to listen to this guy if he endorses the ideas that Andy No has to offer. Feel free to read the book, but when you endorse those ideas, I'm done. With communists, that human was no longer selfish. In America today, that human is no longer born male or female. It's complete garbage. That's not true at all. I have no idea where he's getting this. <laughs> and obesity is not something that affects health. You can... Again, this is nonsense. There is a tiny little group out there of nutter butters that believes that. Maybe a, a, what, half of a half of a percent of the United States. This is not the standard left-wing position in the United States. This is a group that is smaller than the MAGA movement by a factor of 15. And they actually identify as all different political leanings. It's not just the left. But he has to label everything he hates as left wing. What happened to this guy? It's not something that affects health. You can be healthy at any size. Really, we voted on it. <laughs> a formerly serious magazine last year published with a straight face an article called Separating Sports by Sex Doesn't Make Sense. I completely agree with that. We should be separating sports by weight category or something like that rather than by sex. Of course. Does he think that we should just throw everybody in together and that was the point of the article? Did he even read the article? There are a billion different types of categories that could be created other than separating by sex. He's just looking for some way to slam the left. This is a joke. What happened to this dude? I used to watch him. I used to like him. He is on the right now, unequivocally. For what it's worth, he has always been an anti-vaxxer, like long before the COVID vaccine came out. He was an anti-vaxxer. And I remember thinking how completely ridiculous that was. 
He's got some good positions, to be fair. He created a documentary called Religious a while back that I really appreciated. I thought it was good. Decent, anyway. He stands for values that I stand for, too. Free speech and, you know, separation of church and state and all that other stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, a few years ago, there was a conflict between Ben Affleck, Sam Harris, and Bill Maher. And I actually sided with Bill Maher and Sam Harris on that at the time. I think Bill Maher was correct at that moment. But here we sit now watching Bill Maher eat himself alive with complete delusion. His view on the world does not match reality in any way. And it's just strange to watch, honestly. Because, again, we haven't reinvented Homo sapiens since Crystal Pepsi came out. I've spent three decades on TV mocking Republicans who said climate change was just a theory. And now i got to deal with people who say, you know what else is just a theory? Biology. Nobody believes that. Okay, nobody thinks that biology is just a theory. I, I don't understand the point that he's getting at here. This is nonsense, all of it. He lives in his own weird little reality now. But you know who does agree with him? You know who is appreciative of the fact that he's spreading these terrible ideas far and wide? You know who else has noticed that he's moved to the right? Marjorie Taylor Greene, that too. Early March 2023 at CPAC, the 2023 CPAC event, she went on stage and said this. Think about it like this. This is actually an idea for all Americans. It's I think she's talking about the national divorce idea. Basically, secession, like right, right-wing states secede from the union. I think that's the idea she's espousing. I don't remember. Idea for all Americans. It's not just a Republican idea because people like Bill Maher agree with me on this issue, even though he attacks me. So... You know you've fucked up somewhere along the way when Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks that you're on her side, working for her goals. You know you've dropped the ball somewhere along the way when this is the company you've found yourself in. Bill Maher has lost it. He has no credibility left anymore as far as I'm concerned. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about Greg Locke's son, Hudson Taylor, delivering a terrible sermon. This is nepotism right here. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. You know what's sad about that? I hear all these kids, they say, Daddy God, Daddy in the sky, you better watch yourself. You put a curse on your life by blaspheming God like that. This is Greg Locke's son, believe it or not. This is uh, somebody named Hudson Taylor, apparently. I think that's probably first and middle name because his last name's certainly Locke, right? I guess, he, I guess Greg Locke gave him a stage name or something. Well, anyway, he gave a sermon recently at Greg Locke's church, and it was about as bad as you would expect it to be. He looks like he's 15, right? But apparently he's married and he has tattoos. Kind of blown away by that. As you heard a second ago, he is just as far right and extremist as Greg Locke is himself. So I wanted to talk about some of the clips that I got from this video because it was absolutely nutty stuff, dude. 
he got into the LGBT community as one of the subjects he wanted to cover during his sermon. And also atheists. He obviously can't stand atheists. So I want to give this a listen. February 22nd, 2023 is when he did this sermon. Check this out. And many will say unto me, Lord, Lord. You know, it reminds me of Abba, Abba. Abba, Abba. Daddy, Daddy. Father, Father. Is that what that means? You know what's sad about that? I hear all these kids. They say, Daddy, God. I've literally never in my life heard that saying before. I've heard Sky Daddy. That's, I don't know, something super deeply cringy about the term daddy. I just can't stand it. But that's a term I've heard before. Daddy God? Never. Anyone else heard this? Daddy in the sky. You better watch yourself. You put a curse on your life by blaspheming God like that. Uh-oh. I'm worried. I'm really scared. I'm concerned for my well-being here. You know, it's funny. I know a ton of people have been saying this stuff for years and years and years, and uh, no curse on their life. Weird, huh? Their life is literally no different in any way than it was before they said that stuff. Should tell you something, right? I'm serious. You call him Daddy God? Daddy, Daddy in the sky? Yeah, you better watch yourself. Dude, he's getting it wrong. It's Sky Daddy. Why doesn't he just say it? Sky Daddy. I don't understand. And uh, yeah, I'm really not that concerned about it, honestly. So. Yourself. We serve a holy God, ladies and gentlemen. He'll strike you down and he won't think nothing about it. Okay, well, it's weird because that's not how Jesus portrayed God at all, for one thing. But for another thing... How many people are there out there who've been saying this stuff like every day of their life? They blaspheme, quote unquote, in his eyes and they're fine for years. No curses, no smites, no nothing. That's weird, right? That weird to anybody else? Weird to me. Look, we're not here for ourselves. We're here for him. And if you got that flipped around, oh, man, buddy, you better back on up. Oh, man, buddy guy, pal, friend, you better back on up. You better back on up. Better back on up. FYI, that accent is absolutely terrible. But he did just have jaw surgery. I, I'm not super sure why he was dealing with jaw surgery, but that's why he's speaking kind of oddly. Not making fun of him for the way he's talking. I'm making fun of him for his accent, so. I'm serious. And we have a bunch of blaspheming kids and a bunch of blaspheming parents, part of the alphabet community. Here we go, the alphabet community. Okay, go on. Saying all this garbage. Come on. Come on, keep it coming. I will. Keep it coming. Keep on coming. Keep it coming. Okay, great. I will. Thank you for the invitation. And you're going to get the wrath of God. Any five minutes now, right? I've been waiting for the wrath of God for decades. At least it would prove to me that this stuff was real. I'll take anything, literally anything. Give me any proof. Until I get proof, I feel I have no reason to put any more thought into this. Especially because this guy has absolutely no clue if he has the right denomination or variation of this belief. How does he know he's more correct 
than the Muslim or the Buddhist or the Hindu or any other. How does he know? He doesn't. He has no idea. Any of the others could be just as correct as him. You know why? Because you have to take this stuff on faith. Ultimately, religion, or more specifically Christianity or Christian denominations, reflect your moral system, not the other way around. There is a verse in the Bible to back up literally any moral position. When you hear somebody talk about the wrath of God and hating the alphabet community, quote-unquote, that's a reflection of how they feel about things, not about how the Bible feels. You know why? Because Jesus said, don't judge lest ye be judged. Love your brother as yourself. Love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and all that other stuff. Jesus portrayed God as a loving God, and Jesus was the basis of Christianity, right? This is an anti-Jesus message. Greg Locke, this kid's father, is a capitalist, a deep capitalist. I don't. This guy probably is too. That is completely antithetical to what Jesus taught and believed. I don't know how they arrived at these conclusions, but the Bible didn't make it difficult. The Bible is a book full of, thir- what, 32,000 verses, I think, somewhere in there, right? You can create any belief off of all of the verses in the Bible. You can fabricate any belief system and find verses to back it up. It's a reflection of your own moral system, not the Bible's moral system. So when I hear him saying things like the alphabet community is evil and you're going to get the wrath of God and all that other stuff, tells me exactly what I need to know about this guy. Tells me who he is in here. It tells me that he has hate in his heart. Wrath of God. You're going to get the wrath of God. I hate, I hate to say that to you, but I did not come here for friends. I don't care for friends. Yeah, he said that like 16 different times throughout this sermon that he gave. I don't want friends. I don't care about friends. I just want to teach about the Bible. Well, he's not teaching anybody about the Bible, first of all. And second, I don't care if he wants friends or not. Like, why does he keep saying this? It's weird. I'm telling you what the Bible says. No, he's not. The wrath of God is a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. And we Great. Then we should have some proof, right? Give me some proof. See that in the book of Revelation, which, guess what, again, the church is scared to read. Well, they better read it, and they better check themselves before they end up in the wrath of God. Okay, so he says there's proof in the book of Revelation. I don't know of a single Christian that's afraid to read a verse in the Bible. What? And is he going to give us that verse in Revelation that proves this stuff? Man, y'all think I came here... Y'all think I came here to preach just some little silly sermon, this some little motivational speech? Oh, please, dude. This is exactly what uh, Greg Locke does. He does this exact, you thought I was going to come and preach some fluffy sermon to you guys, or I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to teach you about the Bible. He says this exact stuff. It's ridiculous. You know what it is, actually? It's virtue signaling. It's meaningless virtue signaling. He's trying to prove to his congregation and his listening audience how virtuous he is because he doesn't want friends. He wants to teach about the Bible. Just ridiculous, man. Get over yourself like anybody cares. Facial speech like Joe Osteen. Y'all got another thing coming. Y'all got another thing coming. He's name dropping. This is another tactic Greg Locke uses to draw attention. Talk shit about other televangelists. Kenneth Copeland's a popular one with him. But 
that's kind of shot to shit now because Greg Locke does that so often that it doesn't matter if this guy calls out another. I did not come here for motivational. I came here to tell you what the Bible says. No, he didn't. Jesus says, you say that you know my father, but you don't even believe who I am. You don't know God. There's somebody in the background. Oh, come on. That's funny, dude. I love it. So this kid presented the book of Revelation as evidence of, what was it? Evidence that God is going to smite people or, or has smote people or whatever. He never gave us a verse. What's he even talking about? And how did we get from there, the alphabet people, to here? I don't understand. Honestly, I'm trying to give an objective view of this sermon. In my opinion, it was everywhere. It didn't even follow an outline, seemingly. It was, he just jumped from thing to thing to thing to thing. And there was no overall cohesion to it. It was just terrible. It's a terrible sermon. Again, kid is married and he has tattoos. I have to imagine he's at least 18, right? Seems like it. He should have known how to throw an outline together. And if he didn't, his dad should have helped him. His dad does know how to throw an outline together. Has the kid even been to seminary? Probably not, right? And you have all these people denying who Jesus is. You have the Jews denying who Jesus is to this day. And they say, and Jesus said, you claim that you know God, but you don't even know me. If you know my father, you'll know me too. Okay, so that was the first clip I wanted to show you. Obviously complete garbage all over the place, nonsensical, no overall cohesion. But it gets worse if you can believe it. Check it out. February 22nd, same day, just a few minutes later in this sermon, he brings up his mom. And this is entertaining for reasons you wouldn't expect. Just listen to this. There's also going to be people, may I say, the Baptists. And so Greg Locke's church used to be Baptist. And then they dropped. It used to be Global Vision Baptist Church. Now it's Global Vision Bible Church, GVBC. Uh, no longer. They're no longer Baptist because they picked up on the belief of deliverance, which is like exorcisms, basically. They started to practice exorcisms and a bunch of other niche things that kind of turned them into what I call witches for Jesus. Uh, I'll talk about that later on in another clip. But yeah, keep listening here. And they're going to say, did we not do everything you said to do? Did we not tell our women to wear skirts that go all the way down here? Yeah, I guess he's making fun of the idea that Baptists, women wear long skirts. I thought that was a Pentecostal thing, not a Baptist thing. What's he talking about? Also, that mustache has to go desperately, dude. Get rid of it. Or, or put facial hair around everything else, too, not just the mustache. Dude, this mustache is not good at all. He needs to ditch this thing desperately. Somebody contact Hudson Taylor. Tell him to shave that thing off. That's the truth. <laughs> no, it's not. Pentecostals do that, not Baptists. Do they? Did, did we not tell our women that they couldn't speak in church because of what it said in Corinthians? Yeah, they did do that. And and yeah, it does say that in Corinthians. Or is it Corinthians? I thought it was 2 Timothy 2.12. Or 
what's that verse again? No, I'm sorry. First Timothy 2.12. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. Somebody said it says it in Corinthians also. Is that right? I don't even remember now, but okay. Go on. Did it not say that? <laughs> People, they just don't read the Bible. Dude, you can't just laugh about a belief that somebody has and then not like tell us why it's wrong. They just don't read the Bible. No, they do read the Bible. That's the problem, okay? They it says 1 Timothy 2:12, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, she must be silent. How else am I supposed to take that but that women are su supposed to be in subjugation to men? What? Why is he laughing uproariously? This makes no sense. Well, they just don't read the Bible. It seems like he doesn't read it. I mean, you look at these women of God who were like literally like raised up by Paul, and yet we still got people, if you let a woman preach in church, you're going to hell. Yeah, that's what the Bible says, absolutely. I mean, hellfire teaching is its own beast that I don't need to get into here. I don't think the Bible teaches about hell. But, you know, aside from all of that, yeah, the Bible says women shouldn't teach. Come on, you're foolish to believe that. Why? Tell me why. I want to know. Give me the verses. I, I want to learn from you. That's what this is supposed to be, right? A sermon where you give me information about this. Teach me. That's what the Bible says. I gave you a verse. Tell me why. At least my mom has more unction than yours. Oh, this is painful, dude. Okay. Here's where it gets really, really awkward. So uh, this kid's mom, quote unquote, the person that they think he's referring to, Ty Locke, is Greg Locke's wife, right? Now, she gets up there in front of the church a lot, and she gives, like, sermons, and, well, she gives the prayers at the very least, and the prayers stretch out over the course of 15 minutes sometimes. Really, really long prayers that are unnecessarily long. There's actually a verse about this, about you know, praying for long periods of time in front of people. And when you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward rewards in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Oh, yeah, she does that. She does that exact thing, actually. That's Matthew 6, 8, I believe, is the verse on that. Anyways, so Gr Ty Locke gets up there and does these big, long prayers all the time, right? And when he said, my mom has more unction than your mom, that's who they thought that he was talking about, I think. Only that's not his mom. Greg Locke divorced this kid's mom and married the secretary. Oops. Ty Locke was the secretary for the church or whatever. So, yeah, that's not fantastic. But about that word unction, apparently that, that word, I looked it up recently, it's not compunction, it's not gumption, it is unction. U-N-C-T-I-O-N. It means the action of anointing someone with oil or ointment as a religious rite or a symbol of investiture as a monarch. So, yeah, there you go. Now you know what unction is. And you also know that this kid's mom or something has more unction than yours or even mine, everybody's mom. His mom's unction beats everyone else's. What a weird thing to say during a sermon, right?
yeah, and let me not forget my sister, too. I had to give her a shout-out, I guess. So, anyways, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was his little mention about his mom. Embarrassing and sad. Check out this next clip. In this one, it kind of forms out his belief system a little bit more and explains how he views the world. This one is about tarot cards. Well, how can an unsaved person do the works of God? The unsaved person sees the power of Jesus. There's power in tarot cards. No, no, there isn't. You live in a fantasy. Tarot cards are just cards. There's power in Ouija boards. No. There's power in palm readers. No, there isn't. These things are fake. I can't believe that you're 18 years old and you still believe this shit. Hell, Greg Locke believes it. And how old is he? 50-something? It's nonsense. There's power in that. You know why? Because here's how God works. God has given us a supernatural gift. And the devil can turn that around and he can use that for a bad thing. That's why in Romans it says... Okay, now this, this details why I call them witches for Jesus. That is the name I've given their denomination. Here's the basis for the belief, okay? Back in Bible times, I think in the book of Exodus maybe, Moses approaches Pharaoh and takes his staff and throws it on the ground. The staff turns into a snake. Pharaoh calls his wise men in. They throw their staffs on the ground. Those turn to snakes also, right? But Moses' staff snake gobbles up the other staff snakes from the wise men, thus drawing out a, a clear picture that God is more powerful than Satan, but Satan can grant the same abilities that God can grant. Now, that's not the lesson that was intended to be learned from that story. It has absolutely nothing to do with any of that, but Greg Locke derived that lesson from it anyways. So Greg Locke believes that he is a witch for Jesus. He believes that he has the power that witches have, the same power. It's just he gets his power from God, where witches get their power from Satan. That's why I call them witches for Jesus. So Hudson Taylor here, Greg Locke's son, is like detailing that belief system for us right now. Keep listening to this. Palm readers, there's power in that. You know why? Because here's how God works. God has given us a supernatural gift, and the devil can turn that around, and he can use that for a bad thing. That's why in Romans it says that God can take what was meant for evil and turn it for good. It's complete nonsense. Nobody, palm reading is not real. Tarot cards, Ouija boards, they're not real. And guess what else isn't real? Exorcisms, demon possession. It's fake. You know, when are you going to grow up and put away childish things and view the world like an adult? So what happens is, is we have a society full of people, full of palm readers, full of tarot card people, and full of all this witchcraft, new age garbage that we still let our kids watch. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even going to get into that, but we still let our kids watch that. No, he should. That would be a really interesting subject. I'm kind of sad he didn't go down some of these rabbit holes. You know, it's, it's garbage. But it says here, you know, it's like he could have gone down these really interesting rabbit holes 
and he chose not to, but he didn't even stick to the subject. It's like usually when people avoid rabbit holes, they're trying to stick to the outline. He, he didn't try to stick to the outline at all. There, is there even an outline? It's all just complete nonsense, all of it. Many wonderful works, many wonderful works. You know, this passage is talking about people who knew Jesus. They believed that Jesus could do it, but their heart, their heart. I don't understand the point. Like, this is another prime example of this kid having no clue how sermons are written or how they're supposed to be constructed or how they're supposed to even be delivered. He has no idea what he's doing. And his dad didn't help him at all, seemingly. He didn't do anything for him. He just jumped from thing to thing to thing nonsensically. Here's the last clip in the set. Listen to what he had to say about casting out demons, something he really deeply believes that he does, apparently. So let me tell you something, church. Please. Prophecy is not the end goal. Prophecy is not the end goal. And he says to these people, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not done many things in your name? And then he says, on down here, he says, and in thy name, cast out devils. You see, you hear this person in the background. It sounds like Marjorie Taylor Greene just saying, come on, come on. I suspect it's actually Ty Locke, Greg Locke's wife, not his mom. Remember, we're talking the secretary when he remarried. I think it sounds just like her. Do I have a video of her? Oh, I do. I do. I do. All right. Here, let me just pull him up so you see what she looks like here and what she sounds like. And then you guys in the chat can tell me if you think that it's her yelling in the background. Come on, come on. Trying to encourage her, her, not even her son. I'm sorry. I almost made the mistake. It's not her son. Trying to encourage her stepson, I guess. Of like, I, what, they've been married for like four years, I think. This is Ty Locke right here. People that came desiring more from the Lord. And I'm going to tell you why. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, the prophets of old, I was thinking about Jezebel and how the prophets went and they hid in the cave, right, from Jezebel. And I thought to myself, well, Lord, why, why is that? You know, because it's like Pastor said, we really are in a prophetic showdown right now. And I pray right now that the Holy One of Israel will drop the scales from your eyes that you might begin to see the... So tell me that she does not sound exactly like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, dead ringer. Listen to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene talk here. ...to have something called a COVID passport. And this, this would mandate your ability to be able to travel, your ability to be able to go to events. Your this never happened, of course, but I'm not going to get tied up in all this. Just think about the voices. Battle that we are actually in, that you will step out of the natural into the spirit and see what. Tell me they're not dead ringers for each other. Ability to be able to buy and sell. And I asked the question earlier today, is this something the, like they're the exact same person in disguise? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, that's Ty Locke, Greg Locke's old secretary, now wife. Uh, like I said, I think four years ago. Yeah, one more thing about what he said here. Let me just step back, listen to it in its entirety. Have we not done many things in your name? And then he says, on down here, he says, and in thy name, 
cast out devils. Right. So I think what he's quoting from here is Mark chapter 16. Yeah, this is the chapter right here. There's a section at the bottom. Yeah, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues, so on and so forth. I think that's the verse that he's quoting from. There's just different translations. Well, here's the thing. Here's where it gets interesting. These verses in Mark that he's reading from right now are fake. They're fake verses. They were added centuries later by monks after the fact because they felt like Mark didn't have a good conclusion. They wanted to add to the conclusion. I'm dead serious. These verses 9 to 19 have a little section at the top in most Bibles, if they're even in most, like if they're even in the Bible, then they have this little uh, addendum or, or footnote or whatever that says, the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses 9 to 20. They're fake. They're famously fraudulent verses, faked, not real. And they're the basis for every New Age Pentecostal movement. Snake handling, drinking poison, exorcisms, speaking in tongues, it's all here. It is the basis for this belief. And that's what this kid is talking about right now. He's reading from the book of Mark, I believe. Th those verses that are faked. That's kind of interesting, right? Out devils. And in thy name, cast out devils. Let me tell you something, church. I love to cast out a demon. It's kind of fun seeing him squirm on the ground. He has never seen that before. I am 100% sure he is making this up. This should be documented in some way. We should have some kind of a footage of it or something, right? Anything. Anything at all. I'll take any evidence. No evidence has been forthcoming in the thousands of years, in the decades that we've had cameras available to us. Hell, centuries. This has never been documented. No one has ever actually seen this stuff in real life. And he stands here in front of us pretending that he loves doing it all the time. This is just embarrassing. He cast out a demon. It's kind of fun seeing him squirm on the ground. <laughs> just painfully embarrassing. You know what I mean? You're tormenting the kingdom of darkness. It doesn't matter about casting out demons. It's a great tool. Oh, I love it. And this church loves it. And I am so glad because that is what the Bible says. I just told you a moment ago, I'm not here to give you a motivational speech. I'm here to tell you what the Bible says. No, in no way. The Bible says you can cast out demons. Now, the fake verses in Mark say that. The verses added centuries later to give Mark an ending that they liked said that. But okay. Fortunately, I know some people that don't believe in deliverance. Maybe that's because it's fake. Maybe that's because we've never received a shred of evidence that it's real. And we happen to know for a fact that the verses that lean heavily into it at the very least, some of the supporting verses for it, the primary verses, are fake. They're frauds. They were forged, plagiarized. They lied. Okay? I know you don't like to hear this, but your book, Hudson Taylor, has lots and lots and lots of forgeries and lies in it. 
You have to separate the lies from the truth with this stuff, and it's complicated to know which is which. Uh, I'm still not really sure how this kid gets past the fact that all four gospel accounts, like gospel stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were about the same events and told four completely different stories. I don't know how he gets around that one either, but you do you, I suppose. Anyway, the point is, this kid just is not good at doing sermons at all. And he's coming out of what his or out from under his dad's shadow, I guess you'd say, hating all the same stuff as his dad. The LGBT community, Joel Osteen and Kenneth Copeland, atheists, certainly doesn't like atheists. Another generation down the pipeline to hate people that they don't know, like, or understand. It's sad. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. I thought his sermon sucked from an objective viewpoint. Next, we're going to talk about far-right political figure Nick Adams' absolutely absurd ideology. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. The most persecuted group in the United States of America are straight, white, Christian men. This is Nick Adams. Now, if you haven't heard of this guy, you could be forgiven for that. He is pretty high up in political circles, though. He knows Donald Trump and Roger Stone and a bunch of other people. He is a far-right nutter-butter, and it's really hard to tell if he's a parody or if he's real or what. So I'm going to establish for you today that this guy is 100% real. And we're going to talk about some of his beliefs and why it's so difficult to tell if he's real or not. Let's watch the whole clip here. Get an idea for some of the things that he believes. Again, he's real. He's not a parody. Keep that in mind as we listen. Early October 2022. Talking about how unfortunately today it's more important to be a minority than it is to be a qualified person. We're going to be delivering truth bombs how the most persecuted group in the United States of America are straight, white, Christian men. That's the reality. We're going to be talking about the need for men to be men and women to be women. Now, I know that there'll be a few protesters. I'm sure BLM thugs and Antifa would like to show up. I've heard rumors that they're planning on doing so already. I bet. This dude is so persecuted, isn't he? Poor fella. By the way, he calls himself an alpha male. This is the peak of, uh, what, what would you even call this? The, the peak of manliness, the peak of masculinity, put it that way, in his mind at the very least. I don't know about any, anybody else's mind. A little while back, this is my introduction to the guy. Uh, there was a protest against M&M's. Because they had, I think, in what they changed like the design for the female M&Ms, like the brown one got sneakers instead of high heeled shoes or something. Right. And Tucker Carlson just lost his mind over this. So naturally, Nick Adams picked this up and ran with it shortly after that. I think M&Ms released an all women M&Ms package. I think it had. Uh, just like all purple and pink M&Ms or something like that. I don't even know like what the point was. They were obviously just trying to capitalize off of the right-wing hate machine, which, hey, pa more power to them as far as I'm concerned. 
But Nick Adams responded to this all women M&M's thing. This is Nick Adams taking part in a major protest. <laughs> in his mind, at the very least, a major protest. This is him in front of the M&M store uh, mid-January 2023 on Broadway. This is like in Times Square. Like this is, you know, where I live is uh, New York City. So it was crazy to see him here. Watch what he said here. G'day guys, Nick Adams here. I want to speak about M&M's. I want to speak about Mars, the company behind M&M's. M&M's have just released feminist M&M's. Yes, you heard me right. Feminist M&M's. I think it was just all women M&M's. They were just releasing one color or maybe two colors of the candies. Like, get over yourself, bro. Egregious sexism of the worst and most conceivable kind. It is outrageous. It is disgusting and it must not stand. That is why I am calling for a complete and total boycott of all things Mars and particularly M&M's. It will not stand. Let me say this loudly. Let me say this clearly. Let me say this unambiguously. Any male that buys a packet of M&M's from today forward must hand in their man card because they are a soft, woke, beta, male feminist. A soft, woke something, male feminist, hand in the man card? Like, this is absurd, dude. Who has serious, serious problems. Serious problems. We have serious problems. Not Nick, but us. Okay. Until M&Ms rectify this grave wrong by giving us all male M&Ms this boycott will remain. We will not stand for this at all. M&M's? Just absurd on every level, dude. Oh my God, this guy. I'm telling you, man, it's indistinguishable from a parody. Indistinguishable. Like I told you, I'm going to establish that he is, in fact, not a parody account, and he does believe this stuff in a minute. But listen to what happened after M&M's came out and apologized and said, you know what, we're, get we're not releasing the all-women ones. We're getting rid of our spokes candies. We're just going to have one spokesperson, which is uh, somebody from, I, I forget the actress's name now, somebody from Idiocracy. So this is his response to the fact that they're getting rid of their spokes candies. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Adams here, your favorite Twitter account on the planet. That's debatable. Well, by now, I'm sure that you've heard the fantastic news, which is that M&M's and Mars are taking an indefinite pause on their spokes candies. And that, ladies and gentlemen, you can attribute directly to me. Okay. Wow. He's got an ego on him. Um, I, I don't know why anybody cared about this in the first place, honestly. You are welcome. We took a strong stand and we got this as a result. But for anybody that is under the illusion that somehow this ends our boycott, or that this egregious sexism displayed by Mars and M&Ms can just be quickly brushed under the carpet, has got another thing coming. Egregious sexism, he says, because they recognize systemic inequality between men and women, and they want to raise women up to be more equal with men, at least more equal than they are right now. 
That's egregious sexism. This boycott remains in place. This boycott will not end until reparations are paid to men everywhere. See, this is one of the reasons. We haven't even gotten to the worst of this video yet. This is one of the reasons why people think he's a parody, because he's so ridiculous on every level. Reparations, okay? M&M's has to pay reparations to men. Go on. And these are our demands. Number one, we want an all-male packet of M&M's. Okay, so he's complaining that M&M's had a female packet of M&M's, and in his mind, that was sexist, right? It wasn't. But in his mind, it was, right? And so he wants to counter that sexism with more sexism. I mean, really think about the logic behind it. This is like the Flashpoint guys, you know, uh, Kenneth Copeland's TV show, Flashpoint, with Gene Bailey, Hank Kuhneman, and all the others. This is like these guys coming in and saying, Hitler used to say that you have to brainwash children as early as humanly possible because that'll guarantee that they'll be soldiers for you, right? And that's what the left is doing, so we have to do it too to prevent the left from succeeding. Now, the left isn't doing that, of course, but hypothetically speaking, if they were, you really think that you doing it is a solution to the problem? You're complaining about the idea that they're doing this. How can you not see the hypocrisy and the ridiculousness of your actions and thoughts and ideas here? Really? So this guy wants to counter sexism with more sexism, apparently. Okay? Two, we want an apology directed specifically to men. Until that time, not one M&M will pass our lips. We are serious about this. We are determined on this. The egregious sexism and outrageous feminism of Mars and M&Ms have no place in modern America. And we are going to make them feel it. Until then, we'll probably just stay with Skittles. Okay, so this is why everyone thinks it's a parody. For the record, Skittles are also an M&M's product. They're owned by the same company, Mars. So, sure, go ahead, I guess. Buy Skittles instead, whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, Also, in addition to the fact that he wants reparations in the form of sexism, right? In his mind, he wants more sexism by getting an all-male bag of M&M's. In addition to that fact... He's also engaging in cancel culture in his mind. Again, this isn't cancel culture. This is accountability. I mean, this isn't even accountability, but if we're flipping the situation around and looking at it from a different perspective, this would be accountability, not cancel culture. But is he not engaging in what he calls cancel culture? Isn't this an example of him doing exactly what he complains about constantly? He's so ridiculous, he must be a parody, right? Let's talk about it. As it turns out, this guy was a politician in Australia before moving to the United States, and his policies pretty closely reflected what he believes right now. Okay, here you go. Political career. Adams was elected to the municipality of Ashfield Council in 2004 on the Liberal Party's ticket. The Liberal Party, by the by, in Australia is the center-right political party in Australia, not the left. In, in 
the United States, liberal kind of means left. Not in Australia, not the same. So, yeah, he was on a center-right ticket. At age 21, he was elected as deputy mayor. He was elected under a loophole, which allowed Adams, as a non-resident, to run for elections. In 2005, as deputy mayor, Adams put forward a motion to ban pigeons from the, from the municipality of Ashfield due to fears of bird flu. Banned pigeons, but failed to explain how his plan would be implemented. Seriously. I don't even know. Like, I, I don't like insulting people from a public platform. I'm just... I don't know what to say about him. <laughs> this is just ridiculous, right? How does it get more ridiculous? I thought that only America was turning these people out. I guess it's possible that maybe America just attracts them like a moth to a bug light. <laughs> it's just insane. On every level, it's insane. Ban pigeons. He was criticized for often missing council meetings because he was traveling the American speaking circuit as a motivational speaker. In October 2006, Adams was formally condemned by fellow counselors after racking up thousands of dollars worth of phone calls and cab charges for personal benefit. So corruption, just blatant, bald-faced, stealing money from the taxpayers, I guess. In a soft sense, I guess, not a hard sense. As a member of Ashfield's council, Adams denounced multi multiculturalism, saying it creates groups and pockets of people that, of course, then feel that there are certain elements of superiority and inferiority, and I think we need to be united. That's the point of multiculturalism, you poor fool. So that's Nick Adams. I hope that establishes that he's not actually a parody account. He's been doing this for decades. Since 2003, he was in political office on a center-right ticket as like a, a council member or deputy mayor banning pigeons from the town all the way back then. He is not a parody. As if you thought it couldn't get more ridiculous with this guy, right? There's more. He released this on his Twitter account recently, March 3rd, 2023. Listen to what he had to say. This is him at some event speaking, telling a story. I was on a first-class uh, uh, cabin on a flight going from Dallas to Los Angeles. And I was actually traveling with my mother. And I had a guy, she was on one aisle seat and I was opposite on the aisle seat. And uh, I, there's a couple that came in, a young, a young man who was about my age, maybe mid-30s at the time, and he came in with his girlfriend or female partner. And he came and sat down, and by this time I'd already set up with my laptop and everything, I was ready, my chargers, my, my earphones, and he said, uh, look, do you mind swapping with me? He said, I'd, I'd like to sit with my fiance. She's in the second row on the window. And I said, look, I said, I'm all set up right now. I said... Once we get up in the air, I said to him, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. No, he was not going to consider this. Okay, this is kind of a long story, but I'm down. Let's keep listening. And he said, okay. Anyway, he waits about five minutes. We still haven't taken off. And he says, dude, what if I give you 100 bucks?" So dude wants to sit with his fiance, right? And Nick Adams here took his seat. Or he, he took the seat next to the fiance, near her. Uh, totally reasonable if Nick Adams didn't want to move, right? Totally reasonable to move, though. 
I probably would have moved if I didn't have somebody I was sitting next to. And I said, I don't want your money. I said to him. And he said, uh, I'm taking your woman. That's what's happening. <laughs> I really. Wrong story, I really, wrong story. Oh, my bad. I really want to sit with my fiance. Yeah. He said to me. And um, anyway, and I said, no. anyway, then five minutes later, he comes back. He says, how about $500? And I said, dude, I said, I, I'm not moving. Okay, that's a super romantic gesture, right? Oh, my God. Telling your fiance or whatever that you just paid $500 to sit next to them. That is a really, really big gesture to a wife or a girlfriend or whatever. It shows how much you care. Now, I, I feel like that's kind of a waste of money. It is only two hours. Just stick it out. But it's nice, right? I mean, it's it's really nice. It makes your fiancé feel wanted and appreciated to do something like that. I'm not moving, and I don't want your money, but I've got to ask you. I said to him, when I have been in a long-term relationship, I couldn't wait to have two hours spare time on a flight this is, a, this is a quick flight, right? Dallas to L.A. I couldn't wait to have a bit of time to myself. Does he not have any time to himself when he's with somebody? I have time to myself all the time. I just do whatever. Like, w what does he mean? I just, I sit at my computer and I do my work or I play my game or whatever. And my wife sits back there and does her work or plays her game or whatever. You don't constantly have to, like, interact with each other. Is he under the misapprehension that you constantly have to engage with this person that you're in the same room with? What does he even mean by this? Does he just mean he doesn't want to be in her physical presence most of the time? What's he talking about? Right, Dallas to LA. I couldn't wait to have a bit of time to myself away from my girlfriend or what. I mean, that's normal. And this guy looks at me like I'm an alien. He says, well, dude, it's not like that for me. I like being with my woman all of the time. And I said, okay, you do you. I mean, to me, that is, there's no words. I mean, that to me, that's very odd mm -hmm. to feel this necessity to be around a girl. It's not a necessity. It's a desire to be around your, your wife or your girlfriend. Why is this so bizarre to the guy that he can't, like connect with the idea of just liking the company of somebody has he ever uh, has he never had a friend before does he not know what it's like to like just be around a pal that you like doing things with really how is that like does he is he married he claims to be an alpha male has he ever been with a woman before in any capacity i'm starting to wonder he seems to be taking this as some kind of a like virtuous position like it's virtuous to just want to be alone like an incel never be around another woman or i'm sorry never be around a woman i guess he's not a woman like you never want to be around well, what a weird position right is is i mean I, I can't understand it. he can't understand it he doesn't know what it's like apparently this is just bizarre dude it's bizarre to me that he doesn't know what it's like to just have a friend that you can hang around and and it's weird also that he doesn't know that you don't have to constantly engage with somebody that you're in the physical proximity of, right? Can't you just be in the same space together and do your own thing? Does this guy not understand relationships at all? I feel I've established pretty firmly that this is not a parody. He is 
100% real. I'm taking every word out of his mouth as real moving forward. After finding out that the dude tried to ban pigeons from his municipality, I'm taking him at face value now, no matter how ridiculous the thing is that he just said. I'm very confident that this guy is 100% real. This is just bizarre, though. How can somebody like this exist? I just don't get it. Let me know what you think in the comments. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.